Welcome everybody to the Uncommon Empire Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan Thogmartin, and this is an entrepreneur's journey of living an uncommon, authentic life. Man, um, I got deep on the last episode and we're going to pick up right where that one left off and we're going to get deep again. So if you read the title of this one, I used the D word, rock bottom, the ruins of divorce. Let's just open up the chest here and just you can see my heart. You can see my heart in the last episode. Hopefully you can see my heart in this episode. Going authentic again. This is a story that I've not told publicly, but I'm picking up from the ruins of the last episode where uh, I gave you the story that got me to rock bottom. This is rock bottom. This is stories about eight months of hell. Um, eight months of complete, utter disaster. Everything I touched fell apart. Every person that I touched fell apart. Every relationship that I had crumbled. Um, and so here's your takeaways. Get ready. Number one, every marriage is at risk. There you go. Every marriage is at risk for divorce unless there's a couple things in place. Um, and we'll go through that. We'll go through that. Number two, the world's definition of what love is, is completely and utterly wrong. I'm sorry what you've been told. I'm sorry what you've seen. I'm sorry for what you watch and you hear and the reality TV shows that you see, but dang, man, the world's definition of love is, yeah, it doesn't even come in the right zip code of, of what love really is. And then number three, the humility of surrender is the most powerful position that you can be in. So if we look at power positions, there's triple threat position in basketball. There's power positions in business of who's on top and who's on bottom. And, you know, a suit in a meeting with somebody that's just like me typically is a power position. Um, you've got authority over somebody, but I'm going to tell you right now, there has never been a position that you've ever been in in your life guaranteed that is more powerful than the humility of surrender at the foot of the cross. There you go. And look, if Jesus bothers you and you're like, look, Ryan, I didn't start listening to this podcast to get a little bit of Jesus, then it's time for you to get the frick out bounce because, um, yeah, you're not going to get me without a little bit of Jesus. Uh, it's just, it's who I am. It's look, this podcast is about living uncommon and authentic and so authentic to me. So if Jesus bothers you and you don't like me saying that, uh, the most powerful position that you'll ever be in, in your entire life is surrendering at the foot of the cross, then sayonara, baby. All right, let's get into it. So I left you at the last episode, 2012. Um, I walk out of the family business that I was working in. So just a quick recap, 2007, I launched my first company in the death care space. Um, 2010, in a fatal car accident where I encountered God uh, and God said, look, man, quit using your hands and, and, and use my hands, partner with me. And um, because I can end all of your success overnight. And I received it for a second, but I didn't live into it. 2011, I, I launched Disrupt Media Group, which is our social media agency. Uh, it was starting to have some immediate success with that, but not at scale. Uh, a lot of things were still breaking around me. 2012, everything came to a head, a boiling point. I left the family business to go out on my own, which was an understood um, ending 
to me working for the family business. It was a conversation that had been had that had been planned, but the way that I did it and when I did it was not planned and how I did it was not planned. And it was absolute destruction and chaos. Um, and so I, I leave the family business and my wife and I, at this point, over the last two years after my accident from 2010 to 2012, my relationship with her completely was, was literally falling apart. And, um, I was working nonstop on building my thing and I'm looking at it going, I'm building it for you. What, what is the problem? I'm sacrificing sleep and vacations and all the things and never really looked at what she was sacrificing as my wife and what my kids were sacrificing forced. They was forced sacrifice because of decisions I was making, not decisions that they were making. And I was in complete victim mode. I was looking at our relationship going, oh my gosh, why is everything falling down? Why is everything crumbling? We can't even literally, we literally can't sit in the car for five minutes on a road trip or drive somewhere. We can literally argue all the way to church on a 45 minute drive with, we just couldn't be around each other without complete chaos and verbal just destruction. It was um, it was the way that I fought. It was the way that I argued, um, uh, being a salesperson, I was going to win the argument. And that's how I looked at it. I looked at it at winning was I was going to immediately cut your legs out from under you. So you had nothing to stand upon. You were either going to agree with me or you're going to cry and leave the conversation and you were going to get over it. That is destructive dudes. Look, and this brings me to my first point. When you're living like that, it's not a dictatorship every marriage is at risk. And we had absolutely no ounce of our marriage that was God. Yes, we went to church. Yes, we're both Christians. We went to church every single week. Um, our kids were, were raised in a Christian, quote unquote, Christian home. We had Christian beliefs, but God was not a part of our marriage. And it wasn't a decision that we made. It was an action that I was taking. God had no room in our marriage. Again, I told you in the last episode, everything that it was happening positive in my life was because of me. Everything that was happening negative in my life, I was putting the blame on somebody else. There was absolutely no accountability for my actions. There was no ownership over anything that any decision that I was making, the words that came out of my mouth, everything had blame might be the most raw and real that I've ever been around this topic, but literally everything that was happening in my life that wasn't what I deemed positive was somebody else's fault. Absolutely no accountability for the words that came out of my mouth, the actions that I take, took, the things that I did, the things that I said, the way that I treated people, the decisions that I made. If they had a negative reaction, it was somebody else's fault. It was my wife's fault that she couldn't get on board with what I was building because I was, again, remember I was building it for her because I was wanting to provide this life. And it was completely unselfish me not sleeping because I wanted her to have everything that she could possibly want. And I wanted the kids to have everything they could possibly want and finances to never be a problem. And money became such a focus for me and it was destructive because God was not a part of any of it, none of it. As soon as I left those, that church and I walked out and the doors opened, God was not present in my life whatsoever. 
Did I pray? Yeah. When I needed something, I communicated with God when I needed something. And so point number one is this, every single relationship that you're in marriage is at risk. If God's not at the center, if God's not a part of your marriage, it is at risk of absolute destruction and ruin. So I leave the family business. Um, I think my wife is going to side with me. It was, and I'll tell you that prior to me leaving the family business, we had had a four day period where we didn't talk. Uh, and, and we were just in constant or that was, it was normal behavior. Um, it was, it was normal behavior. And so when I left the family business, I put a lot of blame on her. I put a lot of blame on her family. I put a lot of blame on people that it really wasn't anything to do with, with them. It was all me, but I, I didn't look at it that way. I was completely blind to any responsibility on my end. It was everybody else. And so I leave the family business. I think my wife's going to be excited and happy. And we're all of a sudden, everything's going to be fixed. And we're, we're talking again and spent the next eight months in a silent pattern. Uh, if we were in the car together, we didn't talk. Uh, if we were going to church, we didn't talk when we were home. I slept in the basement. She slept upstairs. Um, if I was hanging out with the kids, she wasn't around. If she was with the kids, I wasn't around. We literally acted like we were divorced. Um, we didn't do things as a family. When we did, if we went out to eat, it was either, if we did talk, it was an argument. Um, and, and I would say just insane. I would say insanely hurtful things to end the conversation. Um, so it was absolutely not positive. We, we literally lived in the same house, um, but it was rock bottom. We were everything but legally divorced. How about that? We lived like we were divorced. We just, it wasn't legal. It wasn't legal divorce, but in my, in, in our hearts, I think we were divorced. I know in my heart, I was, I was planning life. Like what was it going to look like without her and the kids in it? Um, but I desperately did want to fix it, but I didn't want to change. <clears throat> Have you ever been there? Uh, have you ever been in a season where you wanted the different outcome, but you weren't willing to sacrifice who you were and what you wanted you weren't willing to sacrifice the things that were keeping you from what you wanted because you thought that you were right. You weren't willing to make the change. You weren't willing to be real. Um, I was everything but authentic. Um, I, I built up this facade of I was strong and I didn't need my wife and I didn't need my kids. and I didn't need family and I didn't need this. And I didn't need that. And, um, but I, I, I did want, I mean, I wanted to figure out a way to get back to loving each other. Um, but I just wasn't willing to change. And so I finally, after a few months of, of this living in silence and pretty much being divorced and just, if, if I talked, it was hateful. I said there, you know what, let's go to counseling. You know, there's a counselor that's at the church that we go to. So it's got to be a Christian counselor. 
Let's go there. Now, what I didn't know is, is what, she, what she had been doing on her own was diving face first into Jesus. Me? I was pushing Jesus as far away as I could get him. Um, I, I, yeah, there was, there was no part of me that was stepping closer to God in that moment. She was. Um, and as she stepped closer to God, it softened her heart. And she could look at me different and see my, she, she could, it was kind of like she had a shield to some of the hateful things. Like some things got through and dinged the armor. Um, but God was protecting her from a lot of the terrible things that I was saying, uh, and hateful and hurtful things that I was saying, because I thought I was right. thought everything was somebody else's fault. And so her willingness to go to counseling was, I mean, she didn't really want to go. Um, she was doing kind of her own work. And I was like, I was going through the checklist of like, okay, all right, if I have to get what, again, I was looking for answers outside of myself of how could we, how could we get to, to a marriage that was going to be good? Because I, I deep down didn't want to lose her or the kids because that was, you know, when I painted this picture in my life of, of what my life would look like without them. I didn't like it. I was fearful of that. That was where we were headed. And finally the fear got strong enough, but it didn't get strong enough for me to look at myself. It got strong enough to look at, okay, who else could I get into the room to tell her that she's wrong, to tell her that her family's wrong, to tell her that, you know, who could I get into the room that could agree with me that maybe she would listen to. That was really my approach with, with wanting to go to counseling was I bet you I can sell this counselor on why I'm right. And so we go to our first counseling session and now we were, the counselor was at the church. We assumed that it was a Christian counselor and we were going to get kind of a Jesus. I'm like, okay, this is great. Like, this guy can plug Jesus in. That's going to make her listen. He's going to be on my team because there's no possible way I'm freaking wrong. It's everybody else's fault. The reason our life is what it is, is because of somebody else. And so we go to the first counseling session and I spend 40, I don't even think she's talked. I don't remember. Um, but I remember the counselor going, okay, that's our 45 minutes. We're up. And I, was walking out of the room and I said, uh, are we coming back the same time next week? And he looked at me and he laughed and I got mad. I'm like, why dude? I don't understand why you're laughing. He goes, man, you literally just spent 45 minutes berating your wife up. I mean, he, she's, she has been in just uncontrollable tears as you've berated her up one side and down the other for the last 45 minutes. He's like coming back next week. I don't even think you're going to be married next week. And he shut the door and now we had drove separately to counseling and that hit me hard. So I was thinking about this all the way home. We had an hour drive back to where we lived. Um, and you know, I had another moment where I was, I started to encounter God in that. And I'm like, man, like it hit me hard. Like, okay, so thought this dude was going to be on my team. Like I laid out everything. Like, how could he not see that the reason where our marriage is in shambles is because of all these outside things that are happening that aren't my fault. And, um, we went back home and we didn't get, div we, we didn't get divorced in that week, which was, I guess, a miracle. Um, and, 
you know, I, I remember, I remember apologizing to her and saying, look, I don't, I don't want this to end in divorce. I don't want, I don't know what I said. I vaguely remember it because I think I was just going through some of the motions. I, I did have a lot of fear that got what, what that counselor said rocked me. I'm like, holy crap. You know, like maybe something is wrong. If he doesn't think that we're going to be married by next week, like maybe something is wrong. And, and I started to question myself, which I was completely sure that I was right. But then I started to question. And so we went back the next week and, you know, she, she got a, a little bit of room to talk. I was still hammering her. Um, we went back the third week and she started to explain some of the things that were bothering her about our marriage that had nothing to do with the situation. They were past hurts. They were past things that had happened when some of them were when we were dating. And I was like, what the heck is happening? Like, I didn't do it. And I, and I started back, man, I did do some, I did do this stuff. Like the things that I thought destroy were destroying our marriage and our life weren't the things that were actually just it it really had a hundred percent to do with the things that i was doing and nothing to do with anybody else and you're all probably like duh but i couldn't see it and i started to see it in that moment we went back the fourth week we had more of a uh it was the first session where we actually had more of a dialogue and then the fifth week we went back in the fifth week, the counselor said something where he almost, he, he sided with me. And it was the first time I'd saw him take sides. Now, when we first started going to counseling, my whole goal was to sell this cat on why he, I was right and she was wrong and he was going to be on my team and it was everybody else. And if we remove this and that out of our life, then everything was going to be great and yada, yada, yada. And he said something that sided with me and, and, God did something in that moment where he just changed my heart. I went into protector mode for my wife. I had never been in protector mode for my wife emotionally. Like something in me changed. God changed something without me asking in my heart where I was, I, I was like, whoa, 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 what's happening here? Like we walked out of that session. I said to her, like, I don't like that. I didn't, I didn't like any of that. Like he took my side. I don't want that. Like, I'm sorry. And I apologized. And she said, I don't want to go back. And I said, I don't want to go back either. Like we've gotten a very biblical or we've gotten a very worldly definition of what love is. And that's what I want to say to you. Like the world's definition of marriage, the world's definition of love, the, the picture the world wants to paint of what marriage looks like and what love looks like is so not even in the zip code. It's, it's not even on the map of biblically how God describes love and unity and marriage. Um, and I'd never, I'd never seen that. I get, we, we went to this counselor expecting to get a biblical perspective of love and marriage. And we got a very psychological worldly definition of love and marriage and it, and it didn't feel right to us. God did something in that moment where he had already softened Kaylee's heart to have grace for me. I'm so grateful for the fact that when we hit rock bottom, we were in the same house, but separate that she was doing 
her own work and journey to pull closer to Jesus because that's where she gravitated because that's the only thing that felt stable where I had all of this confidence in the flesh and me and I didn't need Jesus. I was going to get through this on my own, but it was everybody else's fault. Had she not done some of that work on her own, I don't think that she would have the grace to continue to love me where I was at and allow me to catch up. I literally had to catch up. I was so far behind spiritually where she was at and understanding love in, in a biblical perspective. And so we're, we're now probably five or six months, um, maybe longer into this, me leaving the family business, complete rock bottom, going through all these, these things together, our marriage in complete shambles. We walk out of the counselor like just stormed out and and then it was the first thing that we had agreed upon and because i don't think she really wanted to go to counseling again because she didn't want a worldly perspective of love she was getting a biblical perspective of love and definition of love and god was working on her and that's the agape love that she wanted and the world is never going to teach me how to provide that to her and um i think that she begrudgedly went to counseling just to kind of appeal to maybe there was something that would help me. Um, I don't think that she got anything out of it and really neither did I, other than the awakening that I was just destroying the one person that I said that I loved the most. And, um, so we walked out of that, that counseling session and we agreed on the first thing that we had a hundred percent agreed on. And that's that we weren't going back. And she said, but if we're not going back, do you want to fix this still? I said, yeah, I do. I mean, I want to, I want to fix this. And I said, I don't, I just don't know how. And she goes, we've literally tried everything else, man. Like we've, you've been talking to other married couples. I've been talking or you've been talking to the husbands of other married couples. I've been talking to the, you know, we each had one husband and wife that we kind of ran to in confidence and, and they were guiding us and, and I just wasn't listening. Kaylee was listening. I wasn't listening. Um, and she said, look, the, the last, <laughs> we're, we're literally down to the last straw. Like this is make it or break it. Like if this is it. And she's like, the only thing that we haven't tried together is Jesus. I'm like, what are you talking about? She's like, we haven't tried Jesus. We haven't tried putting Jesus at the center of our relationship ever. Now that struck me because I'm like, yeah, we have, like we're Christians. We go to church every week. She's like, that's not putting Jesus at the center. That's just going through the motions. She's like really putting Jesus at the center and we both chase after Jesus. And I'm like, okay. Um, like, what do you, like, I don't even know what to do at this point. And so I, th I had read something about the love dare devotional, which is based off of the movie fireproof. And, um, we agreed that we would do a devotional every single night and we would do it on the phone in the house because again, I was in the basement. She was upstairs. Um, after about two to three weeks of that, we've, we started to co-mingle in the house. Um, and we committed to it for an entire year and every single night, regardless of where I was in the world, traveling, speaking, doing business. Uh, I was traveling a ton at this point because that's how I was making money speaking and doing different things. 
we, we committed to doing this devotional and I would back a cabs sitting on a plane in the runway, um, reading it on my phone together. Um, and it took 100% surrender. I had to make a decision. And when we started making that, started reading that devotional and started to get a biblical godly perspective of what love is, what Jesus calls unity in marriage and what real agape love for another person is. It's like a triangle. So Jesus is at the top point, you know, one person's on the bottom left, the other person's on the bottom right. And the closer we both started to get to Jesus, you see what happens. If you can visualize that, the both the closer we both got to Jesus, the closer we got together. And but it took complete surrender. And I remember praying when we started this devotional and I said, Look God, I've I have completely neglected you. I've done everything to punt you out of my life and try to take a hundred percent control and take blame put, take no blame, put blame on everybody else. Um, I had read a Bible verse. I don't remember what it is about surrendering at the foot of the cross. And I said, look, I humbly, I'm going to humble myself and just fall face first at the foot of the cross. I have, I don't know what else to do. Um, I have physic physically tried everything to make this work. I have in the flesh, done everything that I know possible to make this work other than changing and shutting my mouth. And you're going to have to do something. The, the only way that we fix this is you. So I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I don't even care at this point. I've literally, we've tried everything else. We've tried friends. We've tried other couples to mentor us. We tried counseling. We haven't turned to you. I don't know why. Um, but I'm going to surrender. And it was in that moment that my heart was able to change. When I finally let go of me being in control and everything that good that was happening was because of me and everything bad that was happening was because of somebody else. I started, God started to make me take responsibility. And as we went through this devotional, it was the very first time in our marriage we had ever done anything together where we didn't argue ever. I'm, I'm telling you, it didn't matter if we were watching a sermon, we could figure out a way to argue. And 99.99% of the time, no, 100% of the time it was me. I can confidently say 100% of the time it was me. And things that I would say, things that I would do, whatnot. Um, and it was the first time that we had did anything where we didn't, it didn't create an argument. And I'm telling you what, that saved, that saved our marriage. The only reason that we're in Scottsdale thriving together, our kids are who they are, is because my wife didn't give up on Jesus. I did. I mean, I I didn't give up on Jesus. I just make it, didn't make him a part of any decision that I was making. I was 100% operating in the flesh and not in the spirit whatsoever. But it wasn't until I humbled myself, fully surrendered, complete surrender of everything that happens is because of you. You're giving me the power to, to change the way that I speak, to change the way that I treat my wife and my kids and the decisions that I make. I have a hundred percent ability to do that. And I'm, I'm not making you a part of any of those decisions, which is 
forcing me to choose the worldly view of love and marriage and what a father is and how things are supposed to work. And I'm warped and I need you. And we did that devotional for a year. And the closer that we got to God, the closer that we got to each other. And we made a commitment in that, that if we were going to stay married, God had to absolutely be at the center or this would never work. And I am so grateful and I was so blessed that I had a wife that was fully committed to her relationship with Jesus and loving Jesus and, and getting closer to Jesus the entire time that we were living separated in the same house, living basically like we were divorced. She was chasing after Jesus and I wasn't. And that's the thing that saved our marriage. Jesus saved our marriage and my wife's commitment to chasing after Jesus saved our marriage and my ability to finally surrender and get smart and understand that everything in my life that was positive was nothing to do with me. It was because God gave me the ability to make the right choices and he was making the things happen. And everything that was going wrong in my life is when I let God off the hook and said, okay, God, I got it. Get out of here. Get out of here. I got it. I'll make that's when things started to go awry because it became about me. It became selfish. It became about not caring. It became about everything that I wanted. Um, and it became about blame. I played a victim. I lived in scarcity and I played, a, I played a victim and it literally was destroying every single relationship that I had. Everything that I touched crumbled. Fully surrender face first at the feet of Jesus at the cross, the closer that we chased, the closer that we got to Jesus, the more we got closer together. And that's the only thing that saved our relationship. So that was rock bottom. And then we started to rise with God on our team, with God at the center. There, things started to change. Our relationship started to get stronger. The value of being able to play on the floor with my kids and not ignore them was at a new perspective on life, at a new perspective on love, at a new perspective on marriage, Jesus, business. Things started to come into alignment. When I looked at them, it was like I put on Jesus glasses and everything was filtered through the love of Jesus and not through the world's view of what, you know, this entrepreneur online was saying, and this, you know, this blog was saying about success and money and relationships and all the things I, I had a filter of Jesus that changed the game. So out of the ruins of divorce rose beautiful, beautiful, a beautiful marriage that aligned with what God said marriage was and agape love and respect and kindness and parenting and all the things when they get filtered through Jesus, they look a whole lot different than what the world says. And we started living that way. So those takeaways again, every marriage is at risk unless Jesus is at the center. I, I literally don't know how couples stay together. I don't, I don't know how marriages can exist without Jesus at the center of them because mine was terrible till Jesus was at this, at the center. I ruined everything without Jesus at the center. So I don't know how marriages 
survive without Jesus at the core. The world's definition of love is so freaking wrong um, because the world's definition about love is about self. God's definition of love is about the other person. And God's definition of love is showing himself through you to the other person. And you can't show God through you to someone else when you hold the world's definition of love is all about you. And then the, the humility of surrender is the most powerful position that I've been in in my entire life. There's no other position that I've ever put myself in that, that changed my life, like being at the foot of the surrender at the foot of Jesus at the foot of the cross. That surrender is the most powerful position that I've ever been in and that I'll ever stand in. I guarantee that. Um, there's no other position that I've ever been placed in or put myself in or thought that it was all me that is as powerful as face down hands raised in complete utter surrender at the foot of Jesus and the foot of the cross. All right. Thank you for listening. Uh, if you find value in this podcast, please smash the subscribe button, follow like do all the things leave a comment, leave a review. Um, I hope this is valuable for you and uh, I hope it gives you a perspective and the vulnerability of what living uncommon and authentic looks like, because it's not common practice for you to listen to a podcast that talks about surrender. And that's it, man. Um, is this a business entrepreneur podcast? hundred percent. You can be a great entrepreneur and a great business person and have a great marriage. If you surrender at the foot of Jesus and put him at the center. Until next time, live uncommon. <laughs>